I'm going to take a little sip. Have you seen these? Have I showed you these flask caps? You have. Do you like the idea of having your Jack Daniels in the lid? Uh, so I think it's a great idea. Me personally, no. Because I just pour a ton of Jack Daniels in and then pour the rest of whatever I'm putting in there in and mix it. Or I don't even mix it anymore. So I like the idea. It, it's controlled drinking, which I need, but I don't do. There's more country songs. I think that Jack Daniels is the... I know for a fact from what they do in studies with tattoo artists and tattoo studios that it's the most tattooed brand in the world. What is Jack Daniels. Oh, really? Harley Davidson is second. Head down, eyes up is third. Head down, eyes up is a close third. Close. We'll, we'll get into HDEU in a second. But the Jack Daniels has probably, would you agree with this, being in the, the line of work you're in, it's got to have the most songs ever written about it out of any beer or whiskey or spirit would you agree yeah i'd say so i know that jim beams in a couple it's in a few um but casey who that's how we met casey nelson at jack he i think he's the head of north america at jack daniels yeah branding you he's he's awesome the best and he introduced us he sent me a link last week where uh Jack Daniels and Jesus was one of my songs. It was top 10 of all the Jack Daniels song, country songs mentioned. That was awesome. But looking through that list, yeah, it has to be uh, the most mentioned in country music. With what I know about, they don't pay celebrity endorsement. They don't pay mm-hmm. you to write them a song. A lot of country artists and some rock artists, they just write it because whether it's church, Jack Daniels kicked my ass last night, David Allen Coe, Jack Daniels, if you please. I think that was the number one song on that list. Church or David Allen Coe? David Allen Coe. Um, what, is, what is the significance? Is it because it rhymes good? Or why is it always Jack? It, why, why Jack Daniels and Jesus? It does sing well, well because that was, that was my actual drink. So when I was in... It was, it was, whatever, I'm just going to say it. I was in college. I wasn't old enough to drink. And, and I drank it. And I'm, I'm hesitant to even say that because Jack does get in trouble for a lot of stuff. But that wasn't Jack Daniels' fault. That was me being an idiot. I was just going to drink whatever that night. And that's not on them. That's yeah. on me being dumb. Right. And I, I was, it was after a bowl game at Carolina. We got home and we were celebrating New Year's at my house. And my parents and whole family had gone on a cruise. Like my girlfriend at the time, I was right out of college, right into college. She even went with my family. So I was by myself at my house and just invited some friends over. Got real, real sick off it. Um, like it was bad. Uh, it was the first time I'd ever had alcohol, alcohol poisoning. And so I couldn't drink it for a while, but that was the drink that I wanted to drink because my brothers drank it. And then one night in college, um, this is a, it was at least a year or two later. Um, so I was probably 22 or 21, 22. And uh, I drank, I took a shot. Somebody handed me the shot. And as soon as I smelled it, I started, my mouth started watering. I was like, oh no, oh, I can't do this. And I did the shot, powered through it. And from that night on, I was back on the train. And and I, I for me, it was my brothers. My brothers drank it, so I drank it. Um, and I, I don't know. It's just, I, I think it sings well, first of all. Um, that's why I think it's in the songs, but I don't put like, we had Jim Beam come to us. Can we talk through that? Yeah. Oh yeah you're good. 
we had uh we had jim beam come to us years three or four maybe even five years ago to do a whole deal and i was like no i don't drink it i drink jack daniels i'm the same way yeah and i've had other companies approach us there's just something about first off i love the taste second of all i've never had what you just explained i've never had that happen to me but i know that it happens but again it's not jack daniel's fault it's it's 90 proof it can get you which by the way dude i just had some of that that new 147 proof casey gave me a a little nip up up at the barbecue in october i don't know it's called koi hill it's the highest proof that jack daniels has ever produced 147 chase when i tell you like delicious i was just like yeah and then kevin the barrel man you know kevin he gave me a bottle of his 137 at sturgis this year yeah oh man like unbelievable but here's what i want to say is like the the musician that is notable for bringing jack daniels to the forefront is frank sinatra he was on stage and called it the nectar of the gods Mm -hmm. everywhere he went on his jet concerts there was a salesman an italian salesman that worked for jack daniels and brown foreman that was in charge of making sure that he always had jack daniels frank always had jack daniels yeah then there's then there's a relationship between jack daniels and eric church he's got his own bottle which that's the only that's the second musician of all time behind frank because there is a sinatra series Uh They have a they have a relationship with Eric, but they have now you're the you're the only third musician that I know to have a relationship with Jack Daniels. I know that you are very close with the team, but how does it come about and what does it mean? Because I know that at your concerts you see it within your stage show. Yeah. You support it because that's the drink that you have. How does it even come about that you that you get invited into the Jack Daniels family with your music career? Um, there was a long time coming. I mean, it was probably eight years, seven, eight years where I was, um, I was a, a fan, obviously I sang about it. I put it in songs and, and drank it every night. Um, but every night on stage, but I, man, I can't remember her name. Uh, but she came to us finally and she, it was a dinner in Las Vegas. I think it was Vegas. And I went to the dinner, and then and it was Bruce and Eddie, my manager. They were like, hey, we're going to go meet with Jack Daniels. They seem interested. I was, I was like, that seems like it should have been obvious four or five years ago. But that's not the way they work. I mean, I think they did a deal with um, Zach Brown even before, but it just wasn't a natural fit. Um, he was the first artist originally that they worked with since Sinatra. And, and that's probably not true, but Sinatra and Church are the only two that have their own bottles. Um but I had the dinner with them, and, and yeah, we just hung out, and, and uh, I got to know them, and they got to know me, and I think it started real slow. It started with Jack Fire, um, to where they were kind of just doing tour support, but they don't give money. That's not a thing. That's They don't do that because it's against what they their belief is. Their belief is if you believe in us and drink what we drink, that's a relationship that we want, and that's good enough. Yeah, It shouldn't be about paying people to say the name Jack Daniels. And... I have no idea one day if somebody's going to offer me a ton of money to do a whiskey or something like that. And if that comes, you know, I have no idea what I'm going to do. If, you know, if a ton of money's on the table, I'm not going to sit there and be dumb. Well, you can't. I know that Casey and the team would support you. But it ha- yeah, it has to be something that I really believe in. Yeah, maybe I don't do anything owner, I don't believe in. Maybe even ownership yeah. potential. In a, these, oh, it would have to be. These spirit companies are selling yeah. for. We talked about it tonight that Ryan Reynolds. 
yeah. Van Wilder. Oh, I think he got six hundred sixty <laughs> million or something off of AG, Aviation Gym, and yeah. I think Conor McGregor sold his percentages in in um, uh, the Irish whiskey for yeah. three hundred fifty million. Dude, there's so much money in alcohol. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be dumb if I had ownership in something that I really believed in, but right now that hadn't happened. And Jack Daniels is what I drink. I, I've done I've done deals with uh, like Canteen. Canteen's a new vodka soda that's out, um, and it's crushing. I think Anheuser Busch just bought them. They, I think Bush Light and Bud Light or Budweiser are trying to figure out how they're going to brand. I don't know what what's happening there, but um, it's absolutely crushing. And I, I wish I'd have put a million dollars into it. Way more into it. Oh my god! It's, yeah, there's so much money in alcohol. Um, and I think that's a, I had a, another artist tell me one time, they were like, boy, <laughs> there ain't no money in the music industry. <laughs> like, wait, you're telling me that because you have a big, big house and a lot of land and a lot of different towns. And that's when I realized like you have a platform in music to, to make it decent living, a, a very good living, you know? compared to the average American, which is what I was before music. I was broke as shit. Um, but, and then in music, you have a way to make a little bit of money, but I don't think you can make a ton, 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 ton money. I'm talking creeping in on the half a billion to the billion type, type people like Dr. Dre is not a billionaire because of the beats he made. He's a billionaire because of the beats that fit on your head. Yeah. Yeah. And and that all led to that though. I mean it, the those it led to that. And it takes vision to take that rap career with yeah. NWA and then his solo albums, but then he finds Eminem, then he finds 50 Cent, right. then he finds Kendrick Lamar, yeah. and he just keeps building that production side of it. Then he and then he gets to invest in beats and he's getting to do all of the stuff with mm-hmm. with you know with with Levine and 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 that Ivy. Do, or Ivy, Ivy, I'm sorry, yeah. Jimmy Ivy. I said Adam Levine, but Jimmy Ivy, I mean <laughs> the the story behind beats and what they sold it for dr dre is unbelievable but it takes it takes vision because you got to be diverse because a lot of people get stuck in that rut of like dude i'm a good rapper yeah that's all i need that's the thing is it's tough because you gotta have like my businessman or my manager actually bruce it's called wine how that's my manager like it's cool to see because he was kind of nobody in the nashville scene he was big in texas and i signed with him 10 years ago and now he's becoming i'm starting to see a shift where a lot of He's getting a lot of respect in Nashville, and it's 10 years later, but he's finally getting it um, because of what he's built um, with with Kaleo, with me, with uh, Breland's one of his new artists. I like Breland. I met him through you. He's such a good dude. God, I like that dude. Um, Whiskey Myers. Love him. Same management company. It's And look at all four of those artists. They're all over the map. Yeah. Um, but he's literally brought somebody in to as a, you know, a, a venture – you know, the, the head of ventures, call it that. I have no idea what it's called, Yeah, but all these outside of music opportunities that we can all get, this guy's in charge to go in and dive in and find the right ones for the right artists and bring us opportunities so we can make real, real money outside of music. Music industry screwed. It's, it's, it's completely shit. I'll just straight up say that. And I love my label. I love Loba. I love the people. I love Carson. I love the people at the label that I work with every day. I really do. And I have nothing bad to say about any of them, but the business side of it is absolutely jacked. Like we're, um, I, I mean, 
forget about the label taking, you know, I don't really see many album sales. I don't see streams and all that. They own the masters. I actually own the masters, but they, they own my, uh, um, they, they take the revenue in for a certain amount of time, but because I own the masters, which is means after, I don't know, five years or whatever, I'll get that back. And then I make all the money. So they the get masters. a retainment on the masters and then you get it for after they make their money on it because yeah, they then, put the money up front to produce it. But the big money in the long run is to own them. And I do own my masters because the Beatle, Beatles sold to Michael Jackson for billions, right? These libraries and these catalogs, that's what you're talking about. You want to own, own them, them the long term. Yeah. They're making the money right now. But, and then all of a sudden I do a show, say, I'm going to throw out random numbers. Say any artist does a show for a hundred grand. Um, if you make like net, if you, if you're grossing a hundred grand, you net, uh, 30 grand of that. You're just like, Oh, we did well. Cause that's after taxes and you pay all of your support. No, 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 that's not taxes. That's manager. That's paying your uh, your band and crew, uh, business manager, your agent, agent. That's all off the top. You're just you know, yeah, and I netted thirty percent, and and I, that's dummy numbers, but it's close as far as the percentage wise. Like I don't know what. I mean, I remember one year we, um, I think I was netting negative four percent something like that we made a certain number and i lost like 200 300 grand that year it's a joke and a little bit of that was on my business management you know not telling me hey here's your budget i didn't even have a budget which is insanity like you you got to know your budget going into a tour if you don't that's what why am i paying you your percentage to tell me that i'm to not tell me that i'm about to lose money right stupid that's what a business manager's job is that's what your job is um and yeah, it's just a jacked up business. But like what we were talking about, all I want to do is write songs and sing them and not be a dummy. You know, obviously I have a business mind from my, my dad. He was a businessman and, and I'm just, I don't want to be dumb and I don't want to just blow money. But I, like at the end of the day, I want to write songs on my next record it's gonna be we've talked about it a lot this week like it's gonna be the best record i've ever put out i love everything i've heard so far but i heard it in april too when we were turkey yeah. it's awesome and that's what i want to do that's that's what i let me ask you so much let me ask Eminem. you a question real quick before we get into eminem and I, th- th- this is a perfect transition because i've often sat and tried to figure out your what i would call influences because when i mentioned some bands you're like eh, i don't really know who that is which i'm like wow yeah, you should know who this is. Hundred percent. But w- give me an insight. I want to get back to Eminem because this is a perfect transition. Because I remember we have a mutual friend. You know Drake White a little bit. Oh, yeah. I know Drake White really well. But I remember when Drake White was literally getting ready to break right before "Making Me Look Good Again" came out, and we were up in Minnesota at a I'm talking a BFE County Fair. And this newspaper wanted to interview him. And it was a newspaper reporter that knew who I was through the hunting. So he asked me to sit in on it. Well, we were sitting in this interview, and I I asked Drake White during the interview, I'm like, well, you do a lot of freestyle. Drake's known for that. I said, what do you think of Eminem? And I was expecting kind of like, well, you know, he's a rapper. I don't really pay. But Drake paid homage. I got mad respect for Eminem. That's an influence of mine, even though that I'm not an artist or a singer or a lyricist or anything like that. I look at Eminem of like, seriously, like 
genius. Like the way that he puts a song together and the way that he delivers it and the way that he's built his career, genius. So give me an idea of you coming up. I know that you're a football player. You're a linebacker at the University of North Carolina Tar Heels. You're a badass. You start three out of the five years, but two of the years are injuries. You're looked, being looked at by the NFL. What Are you a music guy at this time to where you're like, you go in the weight room and listen to ACDC and Led Zeppelin? Are you influenced by anybody and who are they? Yeah, see, that's, that's where... I fell short on uh, all all these influences. So mine was originally uh, Garth Brooks and Chris Ledoux. Those were my first two memories of music. And then George Strait. Um, and then going into high school. And we also had a jukebox that played a bunch of random stuff like Patsy Cline. Um, honestly, a ton of songs. I still have the jukebox in my house now. Um, I, I'm getting it fixed currently, actually. But. It's a bunch of songs like Johnny Be Good and stuff. Couldn't tell you who sings that. It's a lot. Of, Come on. Chuck Berry. I couldn't tell you. I, my music history <laughs> is god awful. It's so bad because I only grew up listening to whatever my brothers listened to. And my dad, for whatever reason, or my mom, did not influence, influence us at all on what they liked and what they grew up on. So I grew up on you know, four, whenever you start remembering stuff, three, four years old, George Strait, Garth Brooks, Chris Ledoux turned into, um, middle school years, turned into Kenny Chesney, um, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, NWA. But even that stuff, my mom's like, don't listen to it. It's the devil. It's breaking CDs on my eighth grade trip. She found a, a, a group of CD or no, my buddy in middle school bought a CD of like, you know, remember buying CDs from the street people and Oh yeah. I had all New the York different mixtapes. Mix yeah. And my mom, she caught like she was one of the chaperones on the eighth grade trip. She caught my buddy buying the CD, listened to it, comes back and tries to break it. Can't break it in front of everybody. Then she gets even more mad, breaks it like shatters it all over everybody. She, she would probably, you know, be in trouble for her behavior these days amongst all <laughs> yeah, the, she'd go, whatever. Yeah. She'd but be reported. She'd be reported, yeah, whatever. Um, but that was, I was limited to what I was allowed to listen to and what I was even presented. It wasn't even what I was allowed to listen to. I just wasn't presented music. So I'm for the first time in my life at 36 years old, I'm diving into old stuff. I've seen the Stones three times this year. Um, I'd have to look at my phone even. But there, there's, a, there's a lot of... I'm not even going to say her name. We're just going to call her Carolina. But she has been, you know about Carolina. She has been very influential on introducing me to new bands, old bands, Zeppelin. Um, I didn't grow up on Zeppelin. I got to ask you this, though, real quick. Is this because of a very, very strict religious background growing up in the Bible Belt? I don't know. It probably Probably because, because when I, I talked to Charlie Starr, do you know Charlie? I'm he, looking at my Spotify thing. Do right you know now. Charlie Starr, the lead singer of Blackberry Smoke? Yes, I don't know him personally. But so he he told me in a podcast one time, Chase, about his influences and how you know there was a part of his family that was like, "You're absolutely not going to listen to Ozzy Osbourne, right? Don't even think about it." But you can listen to some of this Christian music. Or you can listen to a little bit of this, but then all of a sudden he went to this place where he found, this is, this is hilarious. And I hope I'm remembering it right. Charlie, I apologize. If not, I love you. I absolutely freaking love blackberry smoke, but he finds this like place where kids would party at, right? Where yeah. seventh grade pits where I grew up partying, there's this turned over Suzuki samurai. 
and there's cassette tapes around and he tells me the bands that he found on this you know walking around he found some music and before that he really didn't even know that this music existed and that's how my childhood was i was like quiet riot like come on feel the noise and my dad would be like if you turn that shit on again and it's not merle haggard i will throw it out the freaking house right so i found myself listening remember that merle haggard song that talks about holding the speaker up to your ear and i know that you probably don't know this because i don't know how you feel about merle but he's got a song he's got okay so he's got a song about you know uh, about listening to a dj play music and he would lay up at night holding his radio his transistor radio up to his ear and wolfgang the dj would play all of these songs and that's how merle found his love and, and his inspiration for music and that's what i did i would bubba's sitting here watching this podcast but there was this radio station called kozz rock and there was k winds that played the top hits the nine at nine i would stay up at nine at nine to listen to yeah, it yeah i remember that it was like you know it was all this pop music rock music all of that stuff so i'm wondering like if your background if your mom and dad kind of had that in their head it's almost takes you back to the days of elvis my mom grew yeah. up in an elvis era right yeah, yeah well people didn't want their kids listening you're to not elvis. allowed to listen he's the devil it was music. the devil yeah, music yeah. right yeah. so I'm, I'm wondering if that had a little bit to do with what you're going through probably i'd have to ask my mom but i don't i, I think it was actually more of music wasn't a thing in our house like we just didn't listen to it it was more about sports and my dad and mom. It wasn't really my mom's choice. It was my dad saying, this is my way or the highway a little bit. They're going to play sports and they're going to, f- he didn't really care about school to be honest. It was like, yeah, if you get C's, get degrees, whatever. And hunting. Yeah, exactly. It was sports getting out with him. We hunted a lot with him, whether it was doves, uh, turkey came later in life. Uh, sorry, deers came, deer came later in life turkey came at later in life too and then my brother and i got into elk hunting together so hunting he loved hunting birds he loved hunting birds and i'm gonna get back to the music in a second but he loved hunting quail pheasant dove and i think it was because it was just a simple thing it was it was in his mind you go pay somebody else to do it and you go out there and you, he got to spend time with his kids that was all it was about for him First turkey I ever killed, he was there. So that was it. It was hunting and sports. And sports was took precedent over everything because he knew we were athletic and he knew he wouldn't have to pay for college. I, I don't know if he knew that. So two two of us, two of the three of my brothers got sports scholarships. Uh, oldest brother went to Duke. I went to Carolina. Middle brother was probably the most athletic out of all of us, and he would have gone somewhere for baseball, 100% done deal would have been he would have been probably been playing with walker he'd have been hitting grand slams off of walker bueller because he would have he'd have taken him yard <laughs> yeah you listen to times. that walker bueller oh he would have taken him yard every time but <laughs> he was the most athletic but he got hurt with a knee injury like a bad one career ending foot drop like it was, it was smoked his acl or his mcl or something all of them he, he tore every ligament in his knee and the ner- and the nerve which jacked his foot up but that was our life that it was more about that than you know let's listen to this on vinyl and and that's why so now like we've talked about my music a lot this week i played some songs last night my music is being influenced more now by older stuff that i didn't get to listen to or wasn't introduced to when i was a kid um, that I'm just now discovering, and which is a, actually awesome in my And mind. there's also this, think about this and tell me if I'm way off on this chase rice. I, I want to go <laughs> back to, rice. I, I want to go back to the beginning of this conversation. Jack Daniels, thank you for what you do for us. Enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. And I truly mean that. But 
think about this real quick. I didn't even know this was sponsored by Dunkin'. Yeah, they're the title sponsor of our podcast. I had no idea. I know, and I appreciate you being here. But listen to this real quick, Chase. Um, Hell yeah. Think about this real quick. I'm, two artists come to mind. Two artists that I've met. I've become friends with you. And I also met Sam Hunt through a Drake White song, a Drake White show one night. I'm talking probably eight years ago at FanFest. Uh, Sam opened for Drake at at Silver Dollar on Second and Broadway. It was it was a little show, and then Sam broke. Yeah, yeah. Body Like a Back Road is not as big as the song that you helped write with Cruz. I think We're, it is actually. It, it, <laughs> I is. Think it is. We're gonna get into that. Um, but think about this for a second and tell me how you feel about this, Chase. Ned Ledoux grew up rodeoing with his dad, Chris. I know that you're friends with Ned. Oh, yeah. Chris Ledoux was a rodeo. He was a 1978 bareback rodeo PRCA champion in Oklahoma City. Yeah. Um, George Strait, he grew up in Texas. He was a rodeo guy. You think about a lot of artists, okay? They don't really grow up in a... In a I hope that people don't take this wrong. An audience, please do not take this freaking wrong because I love all people. I've, I'm an athlete. I was in the, I, I used to be an athlete. I should say I was in the locker room. I was in the locker room. I lo, I, I had a lot of different influences and where baseball. I'm, go, it was baseball. but where I'm going with this chase is this, you're, you're listening to all this different music. There's Afro, there's African Americans, there's Cubans, there's different people that play sports. A lot of country artists grow up where in the country, in the rodeo, in the, in the, in the duck blind, they're kind of, they're kind of just country boys. You come from an athletic background to where in your early adult life, you're being influenced by all of this different music, all of these different people that aren't necessarily country, quote unquote, country music listeners. And Sam Hunt, correct me if I'm wrong, was a college athlete too. Oh yeah, football player. So I'm sure he went through the same thing. Yeah, I'm, I go into the locker room when I'm playing college baseball. One guy's listening to George Strait. This guy's listening to Van Halen, and this guy's listening to freaking DJ Quick and Easy E of hip hop. So like, you think about all of the different influences that are coming. My question, Chase, is: Do you think that this had something to do as you get into your adult life right before? You write arguably one of the biggest country hits in the history of country music with Cruz with Florida Georgia Line. Do you think this has something to do with maybe you going, wow, there's a lot of stuff out there? Yeah, I, I was also clueless. I was clueless as to what I wanted to do. I, it was, I had a guitar that my dad got me. Um, I'd moved to Nashville after I worked in NASCAR and played at Carolina and did the Survivor thing, which I think reality TV is a joke, but Survivor is pretty sick. It's it's a legit it's it's a shitty show but like as a, as in it's shitty to go through yeah it, it's it's tough to go through but reality tv sucks overall but that one's i give respect to that one 30 seasons or something yeah it's you can't you can't Crazy. mess with that jeff probst is the man i want to i've never done it i want to have a jack and whatever he wants to have with it jack. you've never drank with jeff no i want to but anyway i'll get back to my point i moved to town and i moved in with brian who was the Florida part of floor is the Florida part of Florida Georgia line met Tyler and I'm living in a house writing songs on the guitar after living a world in a life that I wasn't influenced any by any certain one thing in music like I so said you're, so before you go on you're telling me that the college locker room had nothing to do with you getting introduced to new music by one certain thing in music is, is my point oh, I, gotcha. that's okay. why it's all over the map because like I said just said as a child you know as a kid it was a jukebox, which we only listened to around the, f the pool. 
and nothing else, and maybe the radio. And then my brothers listening to Chris Ledoux and Garth Brooks. Growing up, getting into college, you know, in high school, was in Eminem broke and all that. And I'm like, damn, that sounds awesome. Like, and, and plus it's Eminem. It was, it was the height of, I don't know if it was the height, but it was the start of the height of his career. And then you get into into college. I mean, I was in college though. I <laughs> I was I was listening to Curtis Lowe. You know, I'm listening to that in the locker room. Curtis Lowe is Charlie Daniels band? No, no, Leonard Skinner. Skinner. Leonard Skinner. 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 Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm listening to like I remember the specific song, Curtis Lowe. Like I'm I'm in the locker room or in the weight room listening to that on repeat. And I'm sure that whole album was playing. I don't even remember, but I just remember having a huge Leonard Skinner phase in college. And it, but then all of a sudden you're listening to a ton of hip hop because I was the only white guy on the team. You know, there, there's not many white guys on a football team in college. And I'm not going to shy away from saying that. It's just the truth. And so whatever they're playing is going to go. And, and it's This awesome. is what my point was. And I love it. But that influences a lot of what I'm going to do because I want, I'm not going to sit there and get ready for a football game or train to, you know, get ready for practice, whatever, and want to listen to slow shit. No, you I can't. I want to listen to shit that's going to jack me up and get me ready for yeah, practice yeah. or ready for right. weight, lifting weights, a football game, whatever. And um, throughout all that, that was just my life. It, it was I was the minority for the first time in my life, and I loved it because all of a sudden you walk in the locker room and it's like, what's up, country boy? And and you hear that from your buddies and it's like, damn right. Hell yeah. Damn that's right. Cool. That's I'm, the I'm the country. I'm the one wearing Carhartts or Wranglers or whatever it was. And, and then all of a sudden I'm working in NASCAR. I'm back in that real, real country world. And all I want to do was write my own music because I was miserable. I was depressed. I didn't realize that my dad had just died. I was, I was in a world that I was just depressed, man. And I had no idea. And so all I did every day after practice for, for NASCAR was, was go into the um, hotel that I lived in and write songs. I'd write them by myself and it was all real country shit and it was on guitar and I had no idea what I was doing. And then, um, I got in a fight. I got in a fight at Martinsville Speedway with, uh, with, uh, one of our guys, one of with our another members. pit crew member. Yeah. Right? And, um, got suspended from NASCAR for two weeks and went to Nashville and visited Brian and I was just hanging out and I sang, I was in the middle, it was a writer's round. I literally remember texting my mom and my aunt. I was like, guys, this is it. This is my huge break. I'd put it on an album. It was $3,000 total. I think awful album, awful album. It was production was bad. Writing was bad, but what the hell do you expect from somebody who's never done it before? Why would it be good? Um, that was by himself doing it. Like right. I didn't have anybody come in there and tell me, Oh, you're good. You can do this. <sighs> I should have never believed that I was good enough to do it, but whatever I did. Thank God. And, um, I go there, I'm sitting in the middle and Ty, uh, Tyler's to my right, Brian's to my left. And we sing, you know, songs back and forth. They do a couple by themselves. They do a couple as FGL, which hadn't really started yet. And I told my mom and my aunt, I was like, yo, this could be the break. This is going to be it. It's at Hotel Indigo in the lobby, and I'm, I'm telling you, there's going to be people there. It's a writer's round in Nashville. There's going to be labels there, and I'm going to kill it, and I'm going to get signed to a deal. That's how stupid I was. But it happened. 
It didn't happen that night. It didn't. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> no, I was stupid. Um, but it, but, 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 but that, that, that planted the seed. That's the foresight. In this. I went back and worked at NASCAR, and then the the uh, Survivor thing happened where I, I had a girl text me. She said, uh, hey, do you want to be um, – do you want to do Survivor? I was at Chapel Hill after college. I was that guy that came but kept coming back every weekend because it was a fun party. And <laughs> I was at Chapel Hill – I was woke up in a dorm room, which is a seventh year non senior. You've already graduated. Waking up in a dorm room, Van Wilder. You can guess what that was? Oh, you were in med school. You were a doctor. I was a med school doctor <laughs> that morning, and she, I get a random text from Amy. Was her name? She played volleyball at Carolina, and she said, "Would you want to be on Survivor?" And I was like, "Sure, why not?" Like I never watched the show. I didn't care about the show, and so. She got me in touch with the people. I half-assed the whole deal, the the vetted process they do. They want they needed the country guy, the guy that wears plaid and boots, and that's exactly what I wore on the show. They needed that guy. So I did that, and that was a cool experience. Like I said, it, it was a I did that because I knew the reason I did that was because I knew it could get me out of my job at Hendrick Motorsports. It wasn't about blowing up. It, it wasn't about going to Nashville after that. It, it was getting me out of the job that I had, which I couldn't quit because it was too good of an opportunity. We were winning championships with Jimmy Johnson, but I was miserable. And I, was, I wasn't bad at the job. I, I could have been insanely good at it, but I didn't give a shit about it. And nobody's good at something they don't give a shit about. And I had insane potential for that. I could, I'd still be doing it today. Let me think about right where you're at right now but i gotta tell you this i told you last night or the night before that we won talladega this year with tate fogelman truck number 12 yep. the first thing that i said to my my crew down there in alabama i looked around i'm like is it just me or are these crew pit guys like nfl linebacker looking dudes and you're yeah, like at the forefront exactly. of this transition we were of the like, first class i ever brought in to do it like college this is why you're there is because they take these they're the, these college football players that yep. might not go to the, dude these guys are unreal athletes they got to be quick they got to be nimble they got to be flexible they, they're in there they're strong they're ripping tires off i mean it's oh, it yeah. was legit right it's, it's legit athletes now it used to be just be mechanics you know in the shop and then they had a couple guys in there doing it on pit road when we came in, but we were the first official class that ever brought in the Hendrick motorsports first official class of any team that they brought in to just see if it would work. And it worked yeah, because yeah, now every team does it. So RJ and Calvin and Brandon were three of the guys. Brandon was actually the guy that trained me to, to be a Jack man. Um, RJ was a front changer, I believe. And Calvin was a back carrier all in the same group class that came in and they just won a championship with uh kyle larson at hendrick motorsports and i'm watching them celebrate kyle larson celebrate winning the championship a few weeks ago best, I, best driver like he was amazing this year. he had a hell of a year he deserved it i love I'm watching so him on the dirt track dude he's unreal he's amazing and i met kyle in nashville and i had no idea that these guys worked for him and and then i'm seeing them all celebrating like, holy shit these guys are still doing it and they're, the dude, I say these guys, these are my buddies. Like, they're genuine buds. And, but anyway, that happened. When I came back from Survivor, um, I was 38.4 pounds light. Like, I lost all that weight. So I looked at my coach, or I went to visit my coach at Hendrick, and he was like, man, you can't do this. Just go home, get, you know, <laughs> some weight back on Eat you. something. And then come back. And my first thought was, holy shit, it worked. Like, 
there's no way that that plan actually worked. My first stop after Charlotte was Nashville. Went back to Brian and Tyler's house, stayed for the weekend. And Tyler had had a buddy that was, uh, they they had a roommate, uh, I'm not going to say his name, but he was very, very depressed. He got crazy depressed. And I knew him. He was an awesome guy. And moved back to Kentucky because he was going to kill himself. And because he was, I guess he was that depressed. I never saw him in that state, but they, that's what the was Nashville kicking his ass. Boys told me. I think it was just a mental, uh, yeah, chemical yeah. thing going on in his brain. Oh, yeah, I right. don't know what it was, but he moved back home, and they had a room available in their house. So as soon as I get there, it was like a Friday. We're all going to go out. We're going to party. We're going to go to Ten Roof on Demombrian. We're going to do oh. Nashville. Before it was Broadway, it was what it is now. And I think they were just starting the FGL thing. Like it was just becoming official. And I look at Brian, I'm like, well, dude, you do realize there's an available room with no furniture in in this house that we're in right now. And I'm sleeping on the couch. What the fuck is the deal here? Like, what? Let me, let me rent the room. He said, well, Brian or Tyler's got a buddy that he might, and then might move in, whatever. We went to Tenerife that night and drunkenly at Tenerife was when we all three kind of had a moment, looked at each other like, yeah, you know what? Let's do it. All right. Tyler, it was Tyler kind of giving the nod, like, hey, yeah, come on, just move in. And that's how I moved to Nashville in 2010 or 11. And that's when we all started writing songs together. I mean, and I had the 100 grand, which after taxes was probably 70, um, to live off of for as long as that'll last. And that's when we started doing music together. So when you say that you guys start doing music together and you start to write, and I, I, I got to... I probably wouldn't be me if I didn't say this is like, I've always been kind of not a big fan of what they do. FGL. Yeah. A lot just, of people aren't just not, but um, then they sell out arenas, and but I respect a lot them. of people. Are. I respect them. And I would be lying is the day as long. If I said that that song that you wrote with those guys yeah. is not probably one of the catchy songs, the girl coming out of the water at the beginning. I visualize it. Oh, the, like, uh, is that the video? Well, it's just the, the lyric. I, I mean, you're coming out. Oh, the yeah. water. Okay, gotcha. So tell me real quick, like how does this idea come about? Because this turns into a phenomenon of yeah. visualization of the water of PCB and the, in yeah. the Gulf shores. And then it's, and then it almost turns into like this real, uh, like a pop hit. Yeah. right away oh, to where he, it could cross Nelly, over. Nelly and then Nelly in. comes in which I love Nelly I will listen to <laughs> Nelly's rap albums all day every day I swear on my life don't know the man but I freaking love country good. grammar he's a good dude I l- ride with me all that shit yep. but how does it come about like are you are, let me ask you this straight up yes or no answer Chase are you at the forefront of this song like at the idea part of Cruise uh, I was in the room but Brian was the one that started it. So Brian has this idea for this song about what? What is this song about? So that that's that's why I hesitated right there because it, nobody was at the forefront of it. It happened on an accident. Um, it was we were writing a song, slow song called "When God Runs Out of Rain," and we written a bunch together. It was me, Jesse Rice, and Brian uh, Kelly. We were the only ones in the room, and then Joe, Joey Moy and uh, Tyler later on added their thing, and and so we're all five. Uh, writers on it but the original three was us us three and i'm not taking any away from tyler and brian uh joey because i'll get to that in a second because they're insanely they're probably bigger reasons in my mind than me or jesse but um we're writing when god runs out of rain and then out of nowhere 
Brian starts strumming. I think it was in C originally, and that might have been where they recorded. I I don't know, but um, he's like. Baby, like a dog, make you wanna roll my windows. And he just does that. And I was, and Jesse looked at him and he was like, what is that? <laughs> and Brian was like, I don't know, but it's cool. That was his response. I remember it in detail. I don't know, but it's cool. And uh, he, uh, we finished the song in like 45 minutes, just us three. And then the original version is so different than the final version. It's, uh, hold on a second. I might actually have it. Make me want to roll my windows. But down. the reason I say, so when, uh, Brian, Tyler and Joey Moy, who's their producer all got involved and they said they were going to cut this. Uh, Brian, I've never seen Brian that excited about a song, by the way. He was like, damn, this could be huge for FGL. Cause we always wrote for me. And I, I was like, yeah, whatever, man. You guys got a publishing deal now. I have nothing going for me. You guys have Joey Moy, who apparently produced Nickelback. That seems cool. That might work. He does uh, some of, I think he did some of um, uh, Jake Owen stuff at the time, Ooh, which I, I loved. I love so he Jake. was just creeping into country music. But like. <laughs> that's the original work tape that's the day we did it that's just us that'd are be you like, serious that'd be like us singing it into a phone or oh singing yeah it. i love that that you it's have just, these memories yeah it's badass but let's, let's make sure that people understand when i say you have these memories this is arguably the number this is the biggest song of the decade if i had to guess from 2011 to 2000 from where we sit right now is there a bigger song did body like a back road do what Cruz did i think it it's it lasted on the billboard it, it's hard to tell because back when Cruz happened i think statistically it stayed on some chart billboard something i don't know what they call them but it stayed on the chart the hot country chart if that's a thing i don't even know longer like a few weeks longer than cruise which was like 30 something weeks 30 radio charts that's a different thing but that was also back that includes like streaming purchases time on the radio yada yada but that was why it's different because you can't really judge it because uh cruise was during purchases you know on itunes and all that and i think streaming started to become a thing when body like a back road was out people buying music was not a thing anymore. it was all streaming so, so people, it's hard to tell it had the advantage of people getting it easily easier it's just a, without they buying have, they have different systems of how they calculate what platinum gold how many weeks on the charts it's just all there's no way to really completely different completely right different songs that <clears throat> i picture i don't care if it's south beach or fort lauderdale or Laguna Beach, California. You you get somewhere around that environment. Somebody was listening to Cruise at every minute of every day. So Cruise, looking back now, Cruise, and this is what I was going to say earlier about Tyler and Joey. The writing was one thing. It was a miracle. It was a gift from God. It was a curse from the devil, according to a lot of people. Whatever. It was a moment where me, Brian, and Jesse just happened to be in the room at the right time writing the right song. And it was God looking down, in my opinion, because it's financially been amazing for me. And it's artistically been a curse for me. Because it puts you in that box of not country. in that box, yeah. But um, it was a moment in time that just happened. It's lightning struck. 
<coughs> lightning struck. And then all of a sudden you get in the studio and Tyler puts his voice on it. Tyler says, baby, you a song, not baby, you like a song. Because <coughs> that's what Tyler does. Baby, you a song. That's just you his slang, me... man. And I don't know if that was his idea. And Tyler's, I have no idea. Tyler's Florida or Georgia? He's Georgia. He's and the Georgia. Originally long hair, now shorter hair. Um, and he uh, does most of the lead vocals on every song. And he gets in there and does that. And then Joey Moy puts his production on. I would argue to say that the writing, obviously nothing happens if the song isn't written, but I would argue to say that Joey Moy was the biggest part of the that production. Song. Um, and, and I could get kicked in the face for that. I don't know, but starting with the chorus. Now we did that in the writing. Um, it was already there. Clearly you just heard it, but the guitar strumming, the, the I, at the end of the day, I mean, Tyler's voice, Brian's idea, Joey Moy's production, those are the three biggest things that made Cruise what it is today. It made even Cruise happen because and, – and it's just – it's but, a perfect does, storm. Does it help launch your solo career in a way or no? Absolutely. It does. Because then all you're of a sudden – you're taking serious now as wanting to get in the room with some people. Yeah, then all of a sudden people start – that didn't want to talk to you at the bar. Like, hey, I'm going to throw some names out there. Hey, Rhett. Hey, Dallas. All these Georgia big peach pickers. Yeah, they're, they're I love the guys. They're I love awesome them too. But they why would they write with me? They have no reason to. I'm just this new, you know, bottom feeder in Nashville, and I've seen them come in, and all of a sudden, then all of a sudden they have some hits, and you look at a bar, and you're like, eh, respect. But that's what happened for me. Is like oh, all of a sudden. You start walking in these bars, running in these songwriters. When are we going to write one? Cruise is a hammer, dude. Hell yeah. Let's get us one. Um, and, then, <laughs> and then I started deciding to do my own artist career, which was absolute trash in the beginning, in my opinion. It was no producer, no guidance, throwing everything against the wall, just seeing what stuck. I had, a song, I had an album called Duro Communion that people still the the original people of, of that listen to my music <clears throat> still tell me is the best work i've ever done for sure it blows the, my mind and the name of that album is so sick it's a sick that's a badass title there's some cool songs on there but i haven't pieced it together and i still haven't pieced it together until and i'll get to this in a second but until my next record that you've heard a lot of but um the road communion happened production was trash because I produced it and that's I mean production would that's what the production would have been like ish if cruise had happened of us producing it we don't know what we do producing songs we're not great it's a big thing to have a get Joey Moy in there get Jay Joyce in there get Oscar Charles in there get Dave Cobb somebody Dave Cobb in there these kind of people get them in there and let them produce and then it becomes great. So I had songs that were solid. I didn't have a direction of what songs I should put on a record and how they should sound. And then I put out Ignite the Night, which is platinum, almost double, double platinum Almost now. double platinum. And that was the first album I'd ever had produced by a... Uh, I, he wasn't even a produce, full-time producer at that time, but Chris Stefano. He did a lot of those songs. The problem that I have with those albums is not Chris's problem. It's mine. It's that I still didn't know what I wanted to do. I still didn't know what I wanted to say. I wanted to chase Cruz. That had a Ready, Set, Roll on it, Gonna Want It Tonight. It had some hammers on it. Big songs. Had some good songs on there. Had Ride on there, which was a cover. Um, 
but it was produced very, very pop because that was the thing at that time. And pop is not my thing. I think there's a place for it. I think. So people, are you I saying? Think, okay, listen to Sam Hunt. That's yep. a, an example of that is Sam Hunt. He talks too much for me. That's fine. He doesn't talk he, too much for the stadiums that he sings to. Do you think he still sells out stadiums? Arenas. I'd say arenas. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I think Sam Hunt is genius. I think Sam Hunt's – I don't have any issue with it. I'm just saying, like, he. Do, do you, don't you agree, though, that he talks more than he sings? He talks a lot in his verses, yeah, absolutely. He but that's his style. It's, it's, it's rap. So I it's mean, like poetry, hip-hop, and country meets, or with a little bit of it's, obviously it's, pop. It's, it's hip-hop and, country, and old school country together. Because Chris Ledoux talks in this cowboy's hat, but people don't give him shit about that. That's a good point. You you actually covered that song. Exactly, with Ned, which is a – I can't believe that even happened still. But my point is when Sam does his music, and it's definitely lean and pop, 100%. Sure. There's no denying that. It's, in my mind, still extremely genius because Sam is that damn good. When FGL does what they do, that's what they've done from the beginning of your career, and they own it, and it's obviously good. I don't care what you say about how I, I, people call them Nickelback all the time. I'm like, okay, what's wrong with Nickelback? They still sell out arenas everywhere they go. And then you talk about uh, who else? Walker Hayes right now. He has a song called uh, the Fancy the Apple, Apple Fancy Like. It's as pop as it gets. But it's if it's him, who cares? Why would he do anything else other than what he wants to do? The problem with what I was doing. But here's the, here's the question, though, Chase. Hold on. Can I finish that uh, yeah, real quick? Yes, sir. Yes, the sorry. problem with what I was doing was I was doing stuff like that that wasn't me. And that's a huge, huge issue for me. And that was 100% on me. Okay, but fault. that but I love that you say that. And here's what I would say about something like Walker or FGL or Dan and Shay who wins awards. Dan and Shay might be the most classically trained singers in the world right now. Yeah. They could sing their ass off. Yeah. Songbirds of their generation. Yeah. But they're not country. The problem is, is that you have, there's, there's the, you say Walker Hayes, he's doing what he wants to do, mm -hmm. but it's the other side of the industry and the business in 16th and 17th Avenue in Nashville, Tennessee's mm -hmm. Music City, USA. That ain't country music. Merle Haggard and George Jones and David Allen Coe and Waylon Jennings <laughs> and all of these guys that are country, Don Williams, uh -huh. George Strait, young Garth Brooks. Yeah. The shit ain't country. The problem is this, in my opinion. Okay. You can't take away the talent of somebody. Walker Hayes hit a home run. I want date night on a bump bump. And my daughter's 10 years old and she's up there doing the shit. And yeah. I'm like, and then you look at something like Boomerang. His daughters are too, which is fun to watch. Fun to watch. Yeah. But the thing is, is that why can't there just be country music? Why does all of this, why does all of this influence have to sneak in here? Now look, Al Dean is a little country, yeah. but he's a rocker. FGL is a little country, but they're hip hop. 
in my opinion. Okay. Why can't you just have country radio and go, hey, if you're if you're not country, go to pop. Why is everybody that's not country on country radio? Now that might sound stupid, <laughs> but there's a lot of country music on yeah. country radio that's not country music. Because back when I grew up in the uh-huh. 80s, uh-huh. I listened to Travis Tritt and Mark Chestnut and Tracy Lawrence, and I can I could go, I could just keep going, okay? But mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that I'm a music know-it-all, but my I, I when you said Walker Hayes is doing what Walker Hayes wants to do. Walker Hayes is talented. Walker Hayes family and his wife love him. He's probably a badass person to hang out with. He's awesome, dude. (laughs) But that song is not country and he should not be performing it on the American music country ACMs or the, what are they? CMAs. CMAs. Country music association. That's my point is that if it's not country, Go put it on the yeah. NAACP Rap Awards, or go put it on the Hip Hop Awards, <laughs> or go put it on all of this shit. Is that a thing, the NAACP Rap Awards? Yeah, hell yeah. No, BET. I was about to say that. <laughs> there's, there's no way that's a real thing. <laughs> there is freaking Hip Hop Awards. There yeah, is, yeah, absolutely. I know that. There's but. Pop Awards. All I'm saying is that that is a hip hoppy pop song. Yeah. I love hip hop. I will run down any like the the history of hip hop and yeah. my my respect for freaking old school and, and, and what get from gangster rap to to all of the easy easy easier yeah. stuff to listen to. I'm just simply saying, yeah. Why is it considered country radio yeah. if it's not country music? All right, um, yeah. Uh, this argument, the, pro, the the crazy part about this argument is it's tales old as time. You just mentioned guys, George George Strait's probably in there for country as it gets but you mentioned guys from the beginning of time even cash to garth brooks to kenny chesney to and you didn't mention him but i love kenny I well, love he's kenny got some too. pop to him yeah i mean well so early, early kenny was straight country before he got to so know the thing about it is though what the fuck is country music like what is it you just mentioned names that you considered country that a lot of people when Garth Brooks came on the scene, he's ruining country music. Johnny Cash, he's ruining country music. That is not country. He is the devil music like Elvis. It's it's a tale as old as time. Everybody has opinions about what their version of a genre is. That's You're giving me a confused face, but that's God's honest truth. I'm not giving you a confused face. I like your point, but what I'm saying is that I'm Garth- not done with my point yet, though. Sorry, I get a little bit. Fired I know you're up fired up this. about this one. I like it. Because I, I know I get, dude. I've I've dealt with this question for a long time, and I still. But you have, are country. You're well, getting on, back get to, to your roots. Though. Let me get to that. Yeah, yeah. But all these different artists that were considered country or non-country was all an opinion. But the CMAs, the ACMs, deemed them country. Right now, the CMAs, the ACMs, <coughs> radio are deeming Walker, Sam Hunt, FGL, Luke Combs, Morgan Wallen, the countryest to the non-countryest in what you just said, they're all in the same genre. I don't know, and I don't fucking care, to be honest, who considers what all that is. and Because and, and, I'm with you. There's a part of me that's like, yeah, that's not country. The high schooler in me would be like, that's not country. This ain't country. This is country. Well, just because it's the country that I grew up on doesn't mean it's the country that kids are going to grow up on in 20 years or that they're growing up on now. Having said that is, having said that, my point to all of it is the artists need to do what the fuck they want to do. They need to make the music that they have to make. 
If 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 music is screaming at him, I have to do this. If Sam Hunt's some in his heart and his mind, everything is screaming. I have to talk and then do a massive chorus and do this these songs this way. Walker Hayes, all the way to Wallen, whoever, Church Stapleton. If they're not doing what they have to do for themselves and and the only music that they want to do, then they're selling themselves short. So what's the fucking point either way of why they would do music and what everybody else deems it? Who gives a shit as the artist? I don't care. I don't care if the ACMs or the CMAs tell me that I'm not country. I'm doing what I have to do. And my point to everything that I've said about my music and what we talked about with growing up and me not being introduced to these other genres that I or these these artists that I should have been introduced to. I wish I'd been introduced to as a kid. Right now, as a 36-year-old, I am doing the music that I want to do and I have to do. I can't do anything other than what I'm about to do. I can't. I can't fucking do it. I don't care what any other artist is doing. And as long as an artist gets to that point, let other people decide what genre you're That's you fine if you let other people decide the genre, but you just literally admitted that you're doing what you want to do. So why in the fuck are you doing country music? Again, if it's not country music that's selling on country music radio, I why are you know. going backwards? You should go pop still because that's what's <laughs> selling. But you literally are going country as country is right this now. This is amazing. That's what you do now. You're going back to I'm country. Not, but in my mind, I'm not going back to country to go back to country. I'm going back to what I have. I'm telling the story that in the songs and writing the songs and writing them in but a way country that I have shit. to write them. But it's and, country. And that's your opinion. Oh, shit. Are you nuts? There's, that there's shit that people you say in Montana, I guarantee you, there's some people in Montana that would have my head for what I'm about to do because it ain't Sturgill Simpson or it oh, ain't Cody Jenks and it ain't this. There ain't nothing about and nothing Sturgill to take Simpson. away from them. I think they're badass at what they do. Are they country? I think they're country as shit. Sturgill? His I, first two albums were, but not lately. To be honest with you, I've not listened to Sturgill Simpson. Koji's per, I don't Co know Cody Jinx music. is a badass. I can tell you one thing. Get back to my, my playlist earlier. I can't get into some of that stuff because of some of the way that I've seen some of those people act. And I want to have nothing to do with it. Because if you're not gonna if you're gonna sit here and call us out, and by us, I mean the mainstream country artists, if you're gonna call us out on what we do, fuck you, man. Don't you never had a conversation with me. Don't disagree with that. That's why that's why, and I want you to take this as a as a compliment, is that I just like you've given me a chance to become your friend, I've given yeah. you a chance to become my friend, where I easily could have passed judgment. Like, that's just Chase Rice. He's somehow, I like you. I tell people, like, dude, that dude is a badass human being. You know now, me as a person. Yeah. I don't care about your music. I do care for the fact, though, that you just said that you're going back to what you want to do, yeah. and I'm questioning your ability to think as a businessman now because country music <laughs> does not sell. Country music does not sell. Bullshit. <laughs> Who's on the radio that's country? Stapleton's on there. Stapleton gets very little radio play. That's true. He doesn't Very get little. Very good little. Good point. And I, but the thing is, I just told you, I can't do anything else. I don't care. And if my next record doesn't work, it's going to work because it's good. It's good. It's really good. It, I guess that depends on your definition of what work means. Well, Look I mean, at Eric you, Church. You, you, Eric Church I, just had, watch, I just watch you sell out 9,000 seats based on what you do. In California. You're going to be able to sell out 20 now because you're still going to have that audience. Now you're going to have me. Not that I'm anybody, but I am a I know freaking country music you're country, lover. country, country music, hardcore I, country music fan. And, and those new songs got me now. So I'm looking at my playlist here. We're talking about Shane Smith and the Saints. Love them. 
Coulter Wall. Love him. Um, Saskatchewan, Canada. Uh, I don't even know who that is. I have no idea why that's in there. Um, Copperhead Road's in there. For, you like uh, I was, I, was show, I love Co. He's more rock than country. I like Co. Wetzel. I, He's country day, rock. It's all about, like, I have shit in here like Rainbow Kitten Surprise. That ain't country. That's a, have you heard of them? Dude, they're good. That's like fish. It's more stoner music. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got to have a jam band. Um, I have Childers I, in here. I love Tyler. I know hey, nothing about Tyler Childers. Absolutely. But I like his music. Dude, he's badass. I've heard a lot of people tell me their opinions about him as a person, and I don't know, and Never I don't give a, sh- I don't give a shit. Him. I like his music, and if he's an asshole, good. Go I be an asshole. an asshole. I'm still going to listen to your music. Boy Named Banjo. If you never listen to them, go Love listen em. to them. Love them. Boy Named Banjo is badass. Um, I'm just looking at the rest of this list. Wallen's in there. Luke who, Combs is you, in there. Kit mean, Moore's in there. What do you mean Wallen's in there? Now, I want to ask you about this specifically. I, I, to be honest, I, I know Morgan really, really well. I listen to his stuff sometimes just to hear what the fuss is all about. Let me, let me, because I know Morgan more as a person than I do as an artist. And he is the most talented singer the, 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 the what they've done is incredible. I think the it, songs they pick, the production, all that that's Joey Moy as well. Insane talent. Now I've been a fan of his since he put out the way I talk which blew my mind that he didn't write it. But when I heard that, I'm like, that is freaking going to be a star. Yeah. And here we are five years later and he is, you know, through a bit of trials and tribulations, a star. He, they, some people say he's the next Elvis he's because a star. of, because of what he's about to do. But, but here's the deal though, is that if you, if you think about what he's doing right now, he wants to be country, the son of a bitch and Hardy and Ernest, he is country, yeah. their country is a biscuit, yeah. but he crosses over. There's He's some, got some pop shit in there's there, some man. songs that are poppy with, yeah. with, with Morgan. So you can't say that just cause you're poppy because there was some, there was some pop back in the day. Yeah. Dolly Parton working nine to five. That had a lot of pop. And then Whitney Houston cut her biggest single of all time with, with the bodyguard song. The, the, I, what is it called? I come on, Chase, son of a bitch. What was the, the, the song? bodyguard of the movie? Yeah. The Whitney Houston song. Was that Costner? Uh, yes. That was the... God, I cannot believe I'm doing this. I know this song. That's a Dolly Parton cut. Yeah. The big theme song of that. Anyway, you I, please I, look it up. Right. Um, anyway, there's always been pop and country. Absolutely. But now it seems to me that there's no country in country. If you listen to the top 20 artists on country music... Day, I will always love you. I will... I, yeah, I was... Yeah. If you listen to the top... Wasn't that Dolly? Yeah. Dolly yeah. wrote it. Yeah. Whitney Houston made a big yeah. hit. But if you listen to the top country today, when they go, this is country, I sit there and go, if that's country music, I'll kiss your ass. Just like David Allen yeah. Coe said. It is not country music. Now, look, who is Chad Belding to say what country music is? My dad, Orv, before he passed, yeah. we listened to what I thought was country music. Yeah. We listened to Merle. But we also listened to a guy named Kenny Rogers. You uh, got to know. Shit, yeah. Kenny Rogers was the biggest pop star in America. He tried to make it as a pop star before he got in country. That's what I'm talking about. From the beginning of fucking time, there's been a an artist that I was just, the country guy. I just, I, I just put my foot in my mouth. I that shouldn't ruined, have mentioned Kenny that Rogers. ruined country music. Because and I, Kenny I, when Rogers, I say ruin, I'm putting parentheses up. Like they did, they made it more popular. Garth Brooks was considered a person who ruined country music to a lot of people. Really? But in my mind, I'm like, that motherfucker was the deep God, no. Country. His he first album, Garth country. Brooks, was so good. There's different versions of what country music is. And welcome to my world, by the way. We have to convince all these radio programmers across the entire country 
that they should play our songs each song every time it comes out every time it comes out and i'm not at a place anymore where i'm going to do that i'm not going to look you in the eye and say man uh, i had a great dinner with you let's let's uh you, uh, you know hopefully my radio rep over here is going to tell you that you should play my song Here's an idea. If you fucking like my song, play, play it. it. Yeah. If you don't like my song, don't fucking play it. Don't play it anymore. If it doesn't fit your format, don't play it. If it does fit your format, play it. All I can focus on now, and this is what we've talked about a lot, is I have to do the music that I have to do right now in my life. And the great part about that is, I like this goes all the way back to, I didn't know what, I had no idea what any genres were or what I was supposed to listen to as a kid. I have no idea what I was supposed to Right when I moved to town, I was influenced by all the way from Garth Brooks to Eminem. Are those similar? No. I love them both, though. Exactly. I love, I love your influence. To now, all of a sudden, uh, you know, all bringing whoever, Tom Petty. Uh, Unbelievable. Sk- Skinner, obviously, Unbelievable. in college. All, all these absolute legends. Here's a story. This is a true story. I was in Montana, and I'm just talking about influences now that are going to influence what I'm doing now. And this was um, Montana, Missoula, four or five years ago, three or four, 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 whatever years ago. I was going on to a uh, to the show right there at the Wilma, and before I went on, <laughs> these Montana the reason I told you earlier these Montana boys, yeah, tell me that tell me they think it's country. Yeah, um, I was about to go on stage, and these guys were on there. They're, they're fishing guides and all that. By the way, fishing guides in Montana, y'all need to stop being such dickheads like just go fucking fish stop be, trying to be cool anyway um and i'm good friends with a lot of them so the I ones that i'm friends with we'll take that as a joke the ones that i'm not and here's a middle finger but <laughs> they're on my bus and they they start talking about john prine i'm a 30 that point two year old you don't know who man, you have no idea who and is. i did not know john prine yeah, I found him later in life. I discovered him later 100%. in life. A lot of people have. I love him. Though. And I'm sitting there shaming myself. I'm like, damn, how did I not know that? I'm diving into his music after that. And that, this guy was disgusted with me, as he should have been. He should have slapped me in the face, said, you're in country music. You don't know John Prine. John Prine, you should be slapped in the face. And I 100% deserved it. But then I started to think about it. Like, why would I? All I grew up on was what I grew up on was what I presented was presented by my brothers, yeah, just, by my friends, yeah. by my family. You grow up on what you grow up, you know, what you're presented in life. And then I started diving into some of John Prine's music. Ugh. Absolutely fucking incredible. Angel from Montgomery. <laughs> one of the best songwriters of all time. hundred percent. And you were talking about Chris Knight earlier. He's one, one of the best. Yeah. And. This is all stuff that, to me, I have not dove into. There's so much music now in our repertoire to go back and listen to. Go back and listen to it. Take the time. I, I got a vinyl player now in my house that I, I take the time to go back and listen to music because that's my job. That's literally my it's, – it's a fine line between do I want to do this for work? No. I don't want to dive into records because of work because then it starts becoming work. I don't want music to be work for me. I want it to be – passion i wanted to be from the heart i wanted to be from the best places of of who i am um and and that to me was a changing moment in my life where i was like man i need to know this shit because i like hearing that i like hearing that it was it was an embarrassing story for me to be honest because i was like man how the hell do i not know who john but there's also the fact i'd heard his songs once i went and listened i'd i'd heard his songs 
But I went back and I was like, man, I need to start diving, not into just John Prime, but all these different artists that paved the way for not country music, for music in general, because that's, that's, that's my life. That's literally become my life. I think it's really strong fortitude though, to be able to say that. I think that's a badass thing to admit because anybody can go, uh, let me think. George Brett won three batting titles in three different. Well, dude, you just read that on Google. Right. Are you really a baseball fan, or do you yeah. just regurgitate shit that you read? Right. Oh, John John Prine's the badass. Well, do you know that John Prine is a hippie? Do you know that he's a Democrat? Do you know that he's a liberal? Do you know that he doesn't give a flying rat's ass about somebody that shoots a deer with a gun? Do you know that he freaking literally doesn't believe in one value that I do? But I don't know that because I went and read that. I yeah. did that because I freaking was intrigued by the man, and I didn't pass judgment on him, and I never will. So yeah. for that guy in Montana to be like, if you you don't know who John Prine is. You should go because that guy in Montana, if he sat down, John Prine, he'd be like, holy shit, we don't have one freaking thing in common. You're yeah, like the grateful either. dead. And I'm like Chris Ledoux. So yeah. me and you probably should never talk, but that's the problem is yeah. that people regurgitate Absolutely. shit that they think they know everything. Oh, I discovered chase rice. Cause I saw him in a bar at Auburn university in Alabama. And he was a nobody. I don't <laughs> like those kind of people. The music is music. It's the freaking universal language. It is the language of the universe. And when people like try to put somebody in a box or say that they discovered, Discovered them, or hey, you know those kind of friends. Hey, I bet you never heard of this guy, right? And they yeah. get so much, so excited to play this song for you, right? Like they discovered this freaking artist, yeah. right? That guy didn't discover John Prine. That guy had no idea. I'm gonna go back to Carolina, the girl. Yeah, she has no judgment on me for not knowing of these artists, perfect, or old or new. I wouldn't. And either. she continues to tell me these new or old artists that she's like, hey, have you heard this? She just sends a text, and I'm like. Nope, I haven't. I want to listen to it. Or, yep, that's, hell yeah, I love it. that's beautiful that you're that's open to That's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. And she's got a hell of a taste. She, she is. I love that about people. I love the, I love the, I love the idea that Caroline, I think that you're an amazing woman. I talked to you on the phone today on FaceTime. You're amazing. <laughs> I'm going to end this, this episode. We're coming back with part two of Chase Rice, but I got to ask this now that we come full circle. You made a statement about We're coming crew. back with part two. I love how he just throws that in there like, Chase, you're going to do this again. <laughs> well, now that I'm your manager. <laughs> you I'm either going to be, I'm either going to be canceled after doing interviews with you or no, you'll never be canceled. Celerina. This is real. This is what people need to know. You, truth, you said that cruise was a huge part of your success, but it was also a curse. Absolutely. Looking back on it right now, where you sit as an artist, getting back to your, you want, this new, these new songs are different. Yeah. There's no question in my mind. Do you regret being on that songwriter list? Would you pull your name off of it if it could get you out of that box? Or do you say, hey, that's what got me my start in my revenue stream going to where I could get to where I'm at now? If that question makes sense to you. Yeah, 100%. Um, no, because if, if that had put me in that box and I was 100% doing all these other things that were in your words and in my words more country and more um i don't know just more country more more good old boy yeah if if i would have been doing that and i couldn't get out of the cruise box because of cruise alone um but i was still doing good old boy stuff but i still for whatever reason could get out of that box then yes i would take myself out of cruise but cruise wasn't what did that it cruise in my mind made me start doing all this other shit that wasn't the good old boy that I've grown up and that's who I am. Um, 
the rest of what I've done in my career is what put me in that box, not Cruz. I think I, I have to be honest with the listening audience is that I talk a lot of shit about Florida Georgia line. I don't know them. I know that Waylon Jennings has a shirt on his website. Rest in peace, Waylon. One no, of the greatest of all time. He says Florida Georgia line. I pissed there once. <laughs> That's, he has a shirt on his website that says that? Yeah. Jesus. They sell that shirt. So look. Yeah. But keep in mind, Waylon Jennings, one of the greatest of all time in country music, has a band on his website called Florida Georgia Line. Yes. I don't look down on people for making a living. Piss on them all you want. They're still on your website. I think that Florida Georgia Line was talented shit. They did something yeah. that nobody's ever done. I did see one episode of that Treehouse TV show with Brian. Tree Have you box. seen that? Uh-huh. Where they go and they build tree houses in people's backyards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've been in the tree house. This is badass, it's dude. Sick. It's sick they as shit. They sold that. They don't have that anymore. They don't have that anymore. Yeah. But anyway, I don't want to be the guy that curses what I don't think is country music. I right. don't want to be that guy. You started going down that road earlier. I, I, I do go down that road. I admit. Yeah. I'm self meek. I've told yeah. people in my life that if you play Nickelback, with if I'm within a 100-mile radius, I will flip the you-know-what out. Like <laughs> If it ain't Guns N' Roses, like I'm not going to listen to Nickelback. Which makes sense as to why you hate FGL, because Nickelback, same producer. But I don't want to take away... I don't like their music 100%, but I don't want to take the, fact, the, the point away that I respect their career. Yeah. They did it. Yeah. They've done what so many musicians want to do. Yeah. I think that I have this like block in my head because of my upbringing and my influences that there really is a such thing as country music. What that is, I don't know because when Garth Brooks came out with the self-entitled Garth Brooks and then a couple years later or a year later, he came out with no fences. And then in my junior and senior year of high school, going from my junior senior, he came out with an album called rope in the wind and it had rodeo on there and he had that blue shirt on with the black and i was like holy shit this dude's a bad son of a bitch i'd already seen him live twice at lawler event center mackey stadium he was my first concert ever he's amazing yeah he ain't country anymore whatever he's doing now it's weird but (laughs) (laughs) sorry garth that is all your opinion Opinion, by the way opinion because garth brooks used to be unapologetic country freaking music now yeah. we're not always going to be unapologetic i'm going to end this podcast by saying this i i have to freaking get to the point in my musical appreciation career that country music according to brent cobb you know brent he's a good friend of mine he <laughs> says country music is going to do what country music does you have to accept that if the outlaws of the late 70s knew what was getting ready to happen in the 80s they were canceled yeah. And then all of a sudden, you have the next generation of country music acts. Do you hear Patty Loveless on the radio anymore? No. no. Do you hear Leanne Womack? Leanne Womack could literally sing the phone book to me right now, and I'd be like, you are freaking God. Unreal. She's amazing. Yeah. But you don't hear him anymore. Yeah. So my point is- There's is also that, other people who would say they hate that stuff, too. Like, th- it's all exactly. And, and And it's that thing of like, is there a is there a point in your career to where you just go, you know what? Just fucking chill out building and listen to what you want to listen to and quit getting on a soapbox once in a while. Because I bet you if I hung out with Brian or in, in FGL, I bet you they'd be cool shit. Yeah. You'd love them. I guess that I've always just had this chip on my shoulder because I want Leith Lofton and Drake White. And you introduced Fre- me to Leith. Yeah. I love Leith. I, yeah. He was at Lynchburg with us. Yep. I just want these guys. Handle it. Oh my God, dude, dude, I can't believe you just said that. My brother. He sent me Handle It. That's a song that Leith wrote, by the way. Well, he didn't, but listen. Oh, he didn't write that? No, listen. My brother just texted me. I'm saying this on the podcast. Clay Belding, he just texted me again. He says, 
tell Chase Rice to cut my song Handle It. He wrote it. Your he, brother? My brother Clay wrote Handle It. And then he he went to Leith and Leith helped him finish it. Gotcha. So there's so when I cool, right? mm-hmm. it's a badass song. As long as Leith changed it, which I'm sure he did. He did it. But Clay Clay's got some serious yeah. he's got some some chops. But anyway, chops is not the right word. He couldn't sing his way out of a Ziploc bag. Gotcha. He can write he's, he can write. he's, he's yeah. he can pick the guitar too. Anyway, I want you to lay that song down for my brother. I told him I would tell you that because he just wrote it. Tell Chase to to cover him to uh to cut handle it it's a good song um chase rice thank you um i gotta i gotta i gotta tell you this though dude first impressions are everything and when you hear shit about people i'm sure that if you were in the hunting world you hear belding's a piece of shit arrogant whatever you want to say life is about giving an opportunity an opportunity you cannot prejudge people and i heard it today in a show i read no i read it on donald jr donald trump jr's website when you have people that you've never met and that don't know you and they say that they hate you you're doing something right i've heard this a lot and i hear a lot of people say this about you what is he here's the deal when I've met you, I was like, holy shit, that dude's cool as shit. I wanted to hang out with you. We went turkey hunting. We drank some whiskey together. And here we are again. I think what you're doing is badass. Creating your own path. Carving your road. I know that I'm going to let you talk to finish this. But I wanted to say thank you for the friendship. Thank you for being here. I know that you look at me like, holy fuck. This dude is an unbelievable duck and goose guy. He's got unreal quadriceps and an ass. <laughs> <laughs> but the, That's exactly what I think every time I look at you. <laughs> but anyway, dude, I think That's that great. I think that the moral of the story is that you can't you can't just listen to somebody and be like, oh yeah, I don't like that guy because this was said. And I'm not saying that every, anything was drastic, but I think you're unfreaking real, dude. And what you've done for me and what you did last night for this crowd and for these friends of mine, thank you so much for being here. Really and I can't wise. wait to do part two, three, and four of the podcast. <laughs> I'll let you know. I'll, your people talk to my people. <laughs> dude, so, so to finish what you're saying, like, yeah, people say this about me, yada, yada, yada. It's like, I've earned that. I, I can 100% step up and say, like, I know that. I look at half of uh, – 75% is is being – you know, I don't know. I look at most of my career. I'm trying to figure out a percentage, and I can't right now. I would say 90% of my career I look at, and I'd be like, would I even like that guy? And most – and looking back now, like, no. Who I am now – and who I was the whole time, I just was afraid to live up to that, live, to, to step up to who I know the fuck I am. I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to go into who I am and what I do, you know, what I actually do in my life, like hunting, fishing, all that stuff. It's like, that doesn't matter. My music is what I'm known for, and my music has not lived up to what That's so cool to hear I know that. it can be. That's so cool to hear And last night that. you heard what i know it can be i when i want to sing a song and jay joyce was a huge part of this he produced if i were rock and roll if i were rock and roll is the first song i've ever put out that is me ever and I here i am be, 10 years into my career yeah but i think it's gonna i think it's gonna transition and transcend who you are i absolutely love it there's lines that you're writing right now that are genius in my opinion literally and i'm no i don't mean that because you're my friend yeah. i mean that the, that they are genius to me i hear them i'm like that's not that's not what I, that Chase Rice is known for. That, that's not what you're known for. I'm not, I'm sorry, bro. But your new shit is country. 
I take that back. We can't say that. <laughs> your new shit is elevated. Your new, your new, your new lyrics are elevated. It's dude. better. It's, it's me. And I think as long as every artist just sticks to who they are and do what they do, that's what matters. And then let everybody else decide what genre they are. I if, want, I want two agreements though, before we quit this podcast, before we I'm schedule not signing your manager agreement. Okay. But will you put me in a video? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I want you to put me in a video, but I want you, I want to be sleeveless because I got pipes. I mean, holy shit, yeah. right? Yeah, pipes and quads. Yep. <laughs> the other thing is, is that I think, I honestly think that as friendships develop in life, yeah. people lose their mind when they know that Chase Rice is coming around. Oh my God, come here. But what I look at is like, dude, Chase Rice is. Chase Rice. He's just a cool dude that has a different skill set. I get and, uncomfortable around people who get, who get you, freaked you, out to you, see me. me. It too. makes me feel weird. Not that I'm on your level, but I deflect. Yeah. Please don't compliment me. Yeah. Please don't do that shit. I'd rather I, just drink. I just want to have a sip of whiskey with you. Yeah. I want to chill. And having you and Walker here the last couple of days, and Walker's arguably the best pitcher in baseball. Bueller. Okay. Bueller. Um, Bueller. Having you guys here and hearing you're who you really are, it just makes me go, dude, this, life is so awesome. It's it's awesome and being able to hang around guys that like that like Walker. I was a f- football player before music. Like that allows me to remember. Okay, like my football buddies in college, if they ever got wind at all that I was thinking that I was cooler than I really am, they'd slap me in the fucking face. And that's what you need. And that's, and that's what I like to have. I like to have people that keep me in check because this this life is so precious. And there, when when, when we're sitting here going, oh my god. I'm the best goose call in the world, and we are the best duck hunters in the world. Nobody gives a shit, dude. We didn't kill a duck today. Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> we didn't even see a duck. We missed a duck today. We, no, we had one duck fly, one mallard fly in. Let's keep in mind that when you are missed. thinking that you are the shit, yeah. there's men and women sleeping, sleeping in sand in Afghanistan in, yeah. in harm's way, oh, yeah. taking a bullet. For you to think that you're the shit. So maybe that can make you go, you know what? I'm really not that cool, you know? And yeah. I'm not saying that you can't have confidence, but just freaking drop the ego, leave it at the freaking yeah. door, quit prejudging people, get to know somebody. Yeah. You can be a hard ass. I'll be the first to admit, Bubba will tell you this. I'm hard love, bro. Yeah. You don't get in my circle easy. You don't come into my life and be like, oh shit, I'm part of it. I'm hard love. My daughter will tell you I'm hard love. I'm not going to be that guy that just goes, oh, yeah, you're my boy. Like, I, th- yeah. there's got to be that period, in my opinion, of of proving him. When we get into part two, three, and four, five, six, and seven, and eight of our podcast series, Chad and, Chad, Chad and the White Rice, <laughs> that's going to be the name of the new podcast. Um, I want to really get into, I don't know if we'll ever podcast again, but this has been fun. But I am so, in, I am so interested in in. The, Joe, Joe Rogan's next next for me, by the way. I know. I want you to go on Joe. Are you really going on Joe? Yeah. Once I do him, I'm never doing you again. Okay, good. But I am. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm not doing I'm you. very interested in how people form a friendship and keep a friendship and what it means of like, why aren't we friends with everybody? Well, certain people glue, certain people gel, yeah. certain people come together. It's a weird deal. Anyway, I'm getting a little bit but off. Most subject. people, if they meet face to face. Would find they have something in common. Common. 100%. And hunting is a great way to do this. Hunting, I mean, that's hunting been camp huge in my life. Jack Daniels, thank you for believing in this life ain't for everybody. Chase Rice, you were the freaking man. If you do decide to become a Jack Daniels supporter and sipper like I am, enjoy it responsibly and never, ever allow underage drinking. Always think of your family first. Don't put anybody in harm's way. 
This has been another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast. Please check out our sister podcast, The Foul Life and Where the Payment Ends, and brand new episodes of Benelli's The Foul Life airing exclusively right now on the Outdoor Channel. And please, if you really want to buy the baddest ass Christmas gift, For any of your friends and family, check out The Provider Life right now, our 10-pack, our ultimate pack of our dry rubs and The Provider Cookbook. Chase Rice himself texted me the other day. He cooked the wild game stroganoff. Amazing? Venison stroganoff is what I detailed it into. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Thank you, Chase Rice. Thank you, Jack Daniels. Thank you, listening audience. I'm Chad Belling for This Life Ain't For Everybody. Talk to you soon.